No, no we. <laughs> Pastor Nick says she got a little height from from that. It's good. I wanted to stir you. I'm glad it did. That let me know I heard exactly what I needed to hear. And put down exactly what needed to be put down and say exactly what needed to be said. Because we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. So, uh, last week, Pastor Ashley uh, gave us the third installment for uh, Walking in Fullness. This has been the, uh, the series that God has been uh, walking us through, I believe, pretty much uh, since the year started. I'm thinking this is, uh, this is the fourth installment now, and uh, it, it hinged off of our service uh, New Year's, New Year's Eve, came out of Deuteronomy 8, where the Lord gave a warning about uh, being in the lifestyle of fullness, but not having the, the proper inner working, i.e. sense of gratitude for where it is that, that you have come from. I heard it said a lot uh, to not forget where you, where you come from. Uh, that, that has little to do with loyalty to a particular group of people as much as it does with understanding that uh, I did not get to this finished product by myself. Uh, I, 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 it wasn't just me and my abilities. It wasn't just me and uh, my smarts, uh, the job I got. It's, it's not those uh, outer accoutrements, but it, it is literally the hand and the wind of God that gets behind me, that gets behind the life and elevates me and blesses my life. And God told them, don't forget how you got here because if you forget how you got here you're going to get into a dangerous space where your riches can fool you and trick you and actually rob you think of the irony of that my riches robbing me but it happens all the time when I don't have that posture of gratefulness built within me so that's, what, that's where we came from and seeing how the Lord told them that when you come into this fullness there's a warning that I have for you. When you come into this, I love that. I'm going to keep echoing that for all my days. When you come into this fullness, this is not an if. So relax. Nothing to be scared of. This is not an if. This is a when. When you come into fullness, I need you to have these set things in order. Hence this series, Walking in Fullness. What does it look like? To walk in fullness. What does that mean? What's, what's, the, what's the totality of that? What's the breakdown of that? Because certainly that is so much more than finances. So much more. So much more to fullness. So much more to abundance. Than having as much as I want in, in an account. There's, 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 a, there's a, a total package, if you will. And we're actually going to um, look, look at a few verses. I think one, the most popular verse of that, we're actually going to look at John, John chapter 10. So you can go ahead and turn there uh, if you want. John chapter 10 and Psalm 23 is where we'll be coming from today. John chapter 10 and Psalm 23. I'll be bouncing from uh, the Passion Translation to the New King James. Y'all know me, Passion Translation. I'm heavy spokesperson for for that translation. I think I think it's just I think it's just rich. I think it's just good. It's good meat. Or as Pastor Anthony says, good porridge. So 
Either way, it's good. It's good for your soul. So John chapter 10, Psalm 23. Father, thank you. Oh, you're so good. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, your mercy, your grace, your confidence in us. You're so confident in us that you made us to look like you and said, I know they got it. Crowned us with glory and honor. What is man that you are mindful? That you are mindful of us. But I'm so grateful that you are. Because that increases my confidence that in Christ I can do all things. But in this time, God, we're about to embark on this journey in your word. Thank you, Lord. The grass withers and the flower fades. Everything else around me can change, but your word stands forever. And so, Master Teacher, Master Coach, Master Communicator, oh, Holy Spirit, we make space for you to come and teach us, challenge us, grow us, instruct us. Let us be shifted and changed, God, and be strengthened by your word so that everyone that is in this room, everyone that is watching and joining with us is able to walk away with a sense of strength, sense of tenacity, a revitalization in their energy, a resurgence that happens in their faith, God. So we walk away from this moment stronger than we were when it first began. And thank you for hearing us and thank you for responding, God. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. 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 Let us go to work a little bit here. Thank you, Ryan. So, um... Start, start off in John chapter 10. I'm going to read, um, read a few verses. Uh, we're going to read the first 10 verses. Then we'll skip down a little bit uh, in, in that same chapter before we jump over to Psalm 23. So John, John chapter 10, starting in verse 1. Jesus said to the Pharisees, listen to this eternal truth. This is a passion translation. The person who sneaks over the wall to enter into the sheep pen... Rather than coming through the gate, reveals himself as a thief coming to steal. Next verse. But the true shepherd walks right up to the gate. And because the gatekeeper knows who he is, so the gatekeeper knows who the shepherd is, he opens the gate to let him in. And the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd. For he calls his own by name and leads them out, for they belong to him. Verse 4, and when he has brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them, and they will follow him, for they are familiar with his voice. But they will run away. From strangers and never followed them because they know it's the voice of a stranger. Jesus told the Pharisees this parable even though they didn't understand a word of what he meant. Verse 7. So Jesus went over it again. I speak to you eternal truth. I am the gate for the flock. Or I'm the door in some translations. Verse 8, all those who broke in before me are thieves who came in to steal. But the sheep never listened to them. I am the gateway. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom, 
and satisfaction. And in verse 10, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance. More than you expect. Mm. Life in its fullness. Until you overflow. Ain't it so good when the word just preach itself? When you just read, when you just read it right? You don't have to have somebody explain it. Just read it right. Give, give me uh, verse 10, please. Back, back up there. Give me verse 10. Let's, let's, let's hang out for, for a little bit. Tell you what, uh, scratch that. Go to verse 4 of that. John chapter 10, verse 4. So let's start with that. So this, this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees with, with another uh, kingdom analogy that, that he gives uh, on the regular, just trying to expose. Honestly, whenever he's talking to the Pharisees, he's trying to expose to them how off track they are. But because they're so full of themselves and feel like we're as good as good can be. So you can't be talking to us sideways like we got stuff that we got to work on. He's always hitting them with these parables. And most of the time, just like the verse uh, in here said, it is something that they don't understand. So they, they can't even follow and, and keep up with him with what it is that, that, that he's talking about. So this is another one of those instances. And he's talking to them about the fact of how he is the shepherd. He's the true shepherd. Love how uh, the Apostle Peter in uh, one of his books, is he then first or second Peter, he refers to him as the chief shepherd. I love that. Refers to Jesus as the chief shepherd. I, in this servant role that I have, that God has deemed me as a pastor, that word means shepherd. So Pastor Ashley and I are uh, what is referred to as under shepherds. We have a responsibility, a responsibility to shepherd over your soul. To shepherd over your soul and making sure that we pray, that we intercede, that we stand beside, that we walk alongside, that we preach the word uh, with a sense of uh, studyship, that we present ourselves before you in the sense of having a word and something from the Lord that has come that is fresh manna that can help us all grow and move and be strengthened by that. But I am not a chief shepherd. I didn't die for you. I wouldn't give my son for you. Love you, but can't do that. So I, I, am, not, I am not the chief. And I say, I say that because I, I always want God to keep me in the posture of humility to where I always recognize I'm not the chief. I have a boss. You can talk to him anytime you want to because he's your father just as he is mine. And so anyone who, who would present themselves in, in an arrogant, domineering type posture as, as a leader has already messed up and gotten themselves off track. And that was actually a part of the Pharisees' issue, I think, with even understanding what it is that he was saying. Because he's coming from the heart and the posture of humility and trying to get them to understand that because of where it is that I'm going, which we're going to read a little bit later, and what it is that God has called me to do in giving my life for the sheep. That's how he's able to be the chief shepherd. And so uh, verse 4 says, And when he has brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him, for they are familiar with his voice. Uh, um, 
I'm sorry, I forgot to give you the, uh, the title of this. It, it is uh, The Shepherd Who Leads Me. That's the thought that, that we're rolling with today. The Shepherd Who Leads Me. The Shepherd Who Leads Me. And in verse 4, we see here that he is talking about that he, he brings out and gathers all the sheep. And then after he gathers all the sheep, the shepherd walks ahead of them. He walks ahead of them, giving them sight for where it is that they need to be going. Giving them sight for where it is that they need to be heading. I'm going I'm to give you and lay out a map for as long as you're able to see me. You got what you need to be able to take the steps that you need to take. But it's not just in you necessarily seeing me. I'm going to also work on you being able to pick up a frequency. So, so that, so that if, if you might ever get into a day where you feel like you can't see me. If you ever get into a time where you feel like your sight might be just a little bit off. And I can't quite pick up the picture of what it is that you're trying to show me. I'm going to give you voice. I'm going to give you voice. I'm going to give you a voice and I'm going to give you this voice enough for you to be able to build a sense of familiarity with it. Because just to hear me one time, you might not be able to pick up on the familiarity and the texture of my voice. So I'm going to always talk to you. I'm going to always say something to you. I'm going to always let you know how proud I am of you. I'm going to always let you know that you are the apple of my eye. I'm going to always have conversation about you. And if you stay close enough to me, you'll always hear what I'm saying and thereby build a sense of familiarity. So when a stranger comes up and tries to talk to you, you can say, wait a minute. That doesn't sound like. That don't sound like what I know. To be my shepherd. That don't sound like my shepherd don't talk like that. No, my shepherd wouldn't call me out of name like that. My shepherd wouldn't call me a failure. My shepherd wouldn't say that this, I'm too far gone. My shepherd wouldn't say that it's over. My shepherd wouldn't say I'm out of chances. My shepherd wouldn't say that I've given all that I can give and I've lived my best life and everything else is just whatever. He would not tell me that. Because my shepherd knows what has been placed in me. And me being a part of his flock means that there was a hand personal selection made by him for me. I didn't just wander into the flock. If I'm in the flock, it's because I was divinely selected. I want that one. And 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 I want that one. These are mine. That I bring together, then I lead. And give them a voice to be able to follow. So we track, we track them. With them. I'm trying to build my case before, before we go uh, into Psalm 23. Go to, um, go to verse 10 now, please. Verse 10 of John 10. So Jesus here in verse 10 is giving reason for his coming and telling the result that should come from interaction with him. So, he, so um, 
most of the time, if you read it, it says, uh, the th- uh, thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundant. So thief has only one thing in mind. He's going to steal. He's going to slaughter. He's going to destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. So he gives pretty much a, a, a synoptic verse that kind of summarizes. This is why I came. I have come that you might have life. Have it abundantly. Have it to the full. Have it everything in abundance. More than you expect. Think think about that. More than you expect. I expect a lot. If I can be honest. Have high expectation. As far as as far as in 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 God's ability, and if you got, if y'all remember uh, last year, I can't exactly remember where we went to it, but when we went in through uh, Matthew eight, and uh, we saw where uh, there was a leper that came before Jesus, and he said that you have the power to heal me if you want to, if you want to. So so question of ability wasn't what he was asking. What he was asking was, do you have heart enough to actually see me and want to turn toward me with a sense of compassion to take care of what I'm asking you to? And then he goes above and beyond the expectation and optimize him. Remember that? And when you optimize, it is to cling to, it's to join to, it's to get so close that he could have caught the leprosy. But because of who he was, it wasn't him having the ability to catch the leprosy. It was the leper having the ability to catch the goodness of God. <laughs> Family. I missed y'all last week. I don't know if you can tell. But I've come to give you everything in abundance more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. So I'm going to hit you with fullness. And Pastor Ashley went over this. It was brilliant last week. Fullness. I'm going to hit you with fullness, but not just to get it up to the rim. Because she taught us last week that I'm not full until I'm in a space of of overflowing and God is going to give me a sense of fullness and then once I get there he says that's not enough I'm going to hit you with overflow so that everything that is within you can get out of you and start impacting somebody else that's the life of what it is to walk in fullness and this is what God has said that he's taken us life in his fullness until what you have is not only full in you but it is overflowing and this is Jesus telling us that this is pretty much the reasoning of his coming now let's talk about that word abundant here's what I find with it abundant more greater excessive exceedingly vehemently advantage over and above more than is necessary Super added. I was like, what in the world? Super added. I never even heard of that. <laughs> Super added. I have come that, be, that they, believers, might continuously have life, even that they may continuously have it all around. There is an abundance, a super added, a more than I can count. Uh, so much so that I, I, I might as well leave it alone and not try and count it. I'm going to hurt myself. That 
is the abundance? When he told when he talked to Abraham and told him of the blessing that was coming from his life, he said, look up in the sky and count the stars if you can. Look down at the seashore and grab up some sand. If you can count that, then you'll know how much it is that I'm trying to bring forth within your life. But every now and then, because we're stuck within our small chasm and in our small stakes and what it is that's happening, we lose sight of the fact that there is something that is super abundant above and beyond that God is calling us to in the sense of a collectiveness that he wants to bless us with that the, that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God and cover as the waters cover the sea and abundance above and beyond but all of this hangs on the coat rack of being led being led by the shepherd no sheep finds themselves in the place of abundant pasture by themselves every sheep that is ever going to get into a place of more than enough and abundance and more than what I know to do with they have to be led there by a shepherd so if I'm rogue if I'm full of myself, if I'm disobedient, if I'm going to do it my way and my way only and God's going to get on my bandwagon, I will not find myself in the place of abundance. So I hope you're cool with just enough because that's where you'll stay. All of that, super added, super abundant, hangs on the thread of me being willing to be led by him. I must be led. I have got to be led because he's the only one that knows actually where, where that place of abundance is. See, our, our kingdom in, oh man, I don't know if I put uh, John, chapter, John chapter 3 on the screen. I don't, I don't think I did, but let me find it right quick because this, this is going to help me prove my point in understanding that the kingdom in which we have been called into Jesus compared it when he was talking to Nicodemus to the wind. I don't know if you ever read that. He said, he said that this kingdom that we're in is like the wind. It's uh, John chapter 3, verses 6 through 8. Let me read it to you right quick. Verse 6. For the natural realm can only give birth to things that are natural. But the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life. You shouldn't be amazed by my statement. This is verse 7. You all must be born from above. Here we go. Verse 8. For the spirit wind blows as it chooses. You can hear its sound, but you don't know where it came from or where it's going. So it is within the hearts of those who are spirit born. What, what is being said right there? The kingdom, if you're going to move and operate in the kingdom of God, it is something that is born of spirit. Okay, so if it's born of spirit, then that means I have to have some familiarity with the spirit who gave birth to the kingdom. In this text, Jesus told Nicodemus, John chapter three, you have to have the ability to be able to flow like the wind, because with the wind, you cannot tell where it came from and you can't tell where it's going. What is that saying? I have to have that ability to stay close enough to the spirit of God to where when he tells me to move, I can move. When he tells me to stay, I can stay. When he tells me to go forth, I can go forth. When he tells me to halt, I can halt. And I have to have that ability and, and the willingness to lay myself 
over to him that at whatever time and whatever moment and in whatever way that he gives me that instruction I'm able to move and flow like that so that I can be in the life of the spirit and be in the right place at the right time all the time because I'm being led by this spirit who has given birth to the kingdom that I say I'm a part of I have to have that ability that's what it is to be led of him if, if, I, if I have got to have everything be so rigid and be stuck and be in, in a box, see, that's what, that's what happens when we try and put God in a box like that. And then God steps in and bashes our box and starts doing things outside of what it is, the way that we might have been raised and how we grew up in church and how we saw things happen when we were growing up. and all the, That's the danger of getting caught up in that religious minutiae. It's okay to have custom. It's okay to have things that we hold a, a somewhat of a sentimental value to because that's something that, that we came up and were a part of, but I don't marry that. Amen. I ain't married to that. Amen. God is God, and he will move and flow and choose whomever it is that he will choose. Amen. And we can see throughout the scriptures many, many times as to how when, when the Lord moved upon whoever it was he was moving upon, even up to the Savior, the, the greatest example. Born in a manger to an unwed pregnant teenager. Slums of Palestine. Nothing palatial, nothing royalty about his, his, his beginning. He's in a stall with animals. Yet is the sacrificial lamb that is about to resolve the sin issue that's been with us since time began. And if, and if I, can't, I can't be, if I'm not in the flow of the wind, I would be one of those ones that missed it, shouting, crucify him. What is it that I might have missed because I wasn't in the wind? Because I wasn't in the wind. I wasn't in the wind of what it is that, that he was doing and where it is that, that he's going. So we, we tracking him? All right. And uh, I got, got another uh, verse with that, too, but we won't go to it. But just Romans 8, where it talks about, I think it's verse 14, that those that are uh, led of the Spirit are the sons of God. So in being able to be deemed and looked at as a son of God, I am one who is led of the Spirit. Because if, if, I, if I stay in that rigidity of the one, two, three, it's got to be like this, this is how we. This is how we do it. We have to sing it this way. Uh, God only moves like this. You have to wear this kind of thing to church, and all the other things that just get caught up in that. What happens is I'm going back into the days of the law. That was the law. The law was this is how it is. If you disobey, God said I'm going to kill you. One problem with that: nobody could keep up with it. So the high priest at that time, every year, had to come before the Lord to give a sacrifice on behalf of all the people to keep them clean for another year. But you're going to come back next year because nobody can keep up with it till the Lord stepped in and was able to, with that one final sacrifice, take care of it for all eternity for everyone who ever needed taken care of and be able to give that sacrifice and then introduce to us once he fulfilled it. He didn't get rid of it. He fulfilled it. He took care of the requirement. Now he introduces what it is to be led. 
So now it's not you getting a bunch of orders. Now it is you trusting me as your shepherd. And if you're going to have this sense of fullness and walk in fullness with me, you got to let me lead you. So now let's roll on to uh, Psalm 23. 23rd Psalm. I'm sure everyone in here knows it or is familiar with it. It's, it's a classic text that for a long time has been a place of uh, solace and, and encouragement for people's souls. This is uh, the New King James Version of it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me. Look, look at this. Look at, look at the theme of what it is to be led. He leads me beside the still waters. Verse 3. He restores my soul, leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's go uh, to the, the Passion Translation. Let's keep going with it. This is uh, Passion Translation. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Verse 4. Lord, even when your path, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink until for uh, all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. Last verse. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, my life is through. I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Rich. Just rich. So um in verse in verse two of, of that. Pull it up right quick. Hallelujah. So verse 2. I'm, I'm coming from the New King James with that. So he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Makes me lie down in green pastures. Leads me beside the still waters. First of all, in him being the shepherd. Look at how having the correct shepherd takes away the anxieties in life. 
Because the wantingness in me goes away. Because I got the right shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, the, 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 the wanting in me goes away. Because of having that, correct, having that correct leadership in my life. Because if I got the right shepherd, I know I'll never be led astray. I'll never be led into a space and led into a place that is going to harm me. Even though, as we read in verse 4, that path of leadership from my shepherd might take me through dark places. That's the, that's the hard truth. That's the swallowing truth that we don't want to hear, that we're not trying to hear. Because I automatically will associate all things with God putting me into a space of pain free. And that's not true. That's not true. But what is true is when I have the right shepherd, I will always be in a space to where I know that I'm not alone and this is not the end. You hear, you hear what I'm saying? This is what it is to walk in fullness. To where there is something that is being built up in me. A resilience to where I know that yea though I walk through a valley of darkness. I'm going to walk through it. Look at how we miss that. We, we, will, we will quote that. We will say that. Baby girl, Isabel knows it. She will say it to us. But us as her parents, we have to make sure that as she gets older, that she understands that if you walk up on a dark time, baby, it's okay because God told you that you're going to actually walk through it. Amen. 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 Yea, though I pitch a tent in the valley of darkness. That's not what it says. Yea, though I get an address and buy a house in the valley of darkness. That's not what it says. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of darkness, I will fear no evil. Now, darkness, yes, can represent a sense of ignorance and represent opposing forces. But if he is with me and he overwhelms me, could the darkness just be the shadow of his wings? Ah! Ryan, I need a little help. Oh, I don't know if they hear me, man. I don't know if they're hearing me. What if the darkness is nothing more than showing that he's so present that he's overwhelming me by covering me and letting him letting me know that he is the shepherd. He's got my back. I have not lost sight of you. I see exactly where you are. Now come with me so we can make it through this dark time. God. I'm with you. You're not by yourself. But before we get there, y'all made me jump ahead. I was going somewhere else. Don't y'all miss y'all. I knew this happened Go Makes me lie down in green pastures. Sets me beside still waters. And it's there that he restores my soul. Remember where we read that? Say he, he restores and revives my life in the place of green pasture and still water. Now, if he restores me, that means I first had to be emptied. 
See that? It's a restoring. Re means again. So I'm being stored again in my soul, but he's not going to store again on top of what don't need to be there. Hence the work that we have to do within our souls that will, that's why he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters and I have to if I'm going to live the life of fullness submit my will enough and not buck up and fight against him like sheep can be known to do with shepherds I have to get myself into a space to where I'm willing to be led no matter where it takes me and he's going to take me into green pasture which is a peaceful time for me but he's also going to lead me beside watch steel waters steel waters not moving waters why steel waters because steel waters are waters that are reflective steel waters are the first mirror that mankind ever had Before we had glass, we had to find still water. Now, give me, give me uh, Proverbs 27, 19. Now, this one I know I put in there. This is, this, is what, this is what I want to get from that. Check it out. As in water, face reflects face. So a man's heart reveals the man. Why would he lead me beside still waters? Because there is something that is within my heart that as my shepherd, he can't let it stay there. And once the work is done to where what needs not be in my heart anymore, but the sheep in me, the stubbornness, will not stay still long enough to let him have it. He will lead me beside still waters. And then the very next verse is, he restores my soul. So see, the, there's an emptying process. That's my point that I'm trying to drive. It's an emptying process that he places me in first so that he can restore my soul. Now go, go back to uh, verse 3 of Psalm 23. Either, either translation will be good. So, the, so that, pro, that whole process of being emptied is so important because the soul is control central. In order to be led by him. Why? Because all his promptings as far as leading me and giving me instruction will be downloaded into my heart. That's how he communicates with us. In the heart. Luke 17, you can't say of the kingdom that is here or there or somewhere that's out there. For the kingdom of God is something that is within me. So whenever I'm born again, receive the, receive the experience of salvation, there's something that happens within me. My heart is made alive, revived, regenerated, and now becomes control central for the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me within my life. Hence why it's so important that that emptying process happens. So somewhere in the mix, uh, uh, in, in uh, verse 2 and 3, there, there's an emptying process because of him restoring our souls. We are first emptied so that we can be restored. The word restore uh, here can mean to refresh or repair. To refresh or repair. Because he's getting us into that space. To where we're in that posture. Ready to receive. 
of his fullness. And I know you know this already, but it's something that, that we need to be reminded of, of how uh, our shepherd is not in a hurry to get us to the space that we feel like we should have been at yesterday. Mm-hmm. A good shepherd is not a rushed shepherd. A good shepherd is not a hurried shepherd. A good shepherd has a pace that he has to keep the shepherd on. I mean, he has to keep the sheep on. He has a timing that he has to keep the sheep on. Has a schedule that he keeps the sheep on. And the sheep, the sheep might not recognize him, but they're actually more so on the shepherd's schedule than the shepherd is on theirs. Sheep don't, sheep don't recognize that. Sheep don't recognize that in the moment you're on the shepherd's clock. But in being on the shepherd's clock, I know because he cares for me. And because he'll lay his life down for me. And because he is the, he is the, he is the real shepherd. Oh, man. I, I, missed, I missed another set of verses. I've been to put in there. Golly. Hold on, hold on. Okay. This is, this is going to help me help me drive that back. I'm, I'm jumping back to John 10. I'm going to read it, and, and um, then we'll, we'll go back to uh, Psalm 23. Um, wait, John, John 10, 14. Uh, I'm not sure who, who's back there, Faith or whoever it is. Faith, can you find John 10, 14? It might be uh, up, up high a little bit, uh, back closer toward the beginning. Or like verse 16 or something like that. Yes, there it is. Thank you, thank you. Okay. I'm going to start at 14, and then we'll jump at 16, because that's 16 of John 10. All right. I alone am the good shepherd, and I know those whose hearts are mine, for they recognize me and know me, just as my Father knows my heart, and I know my Father's heart. I am ready to give my life for the sheep. That's what I was trying to get. And I have other sheep that will uh, gather which are not of this Jewish flock, and I, their shepherd, must lead them too. They will follow me and listen to my voice, and I will join them all into one flock with one shepherd. Verse 17. The Father has an intense love for me because I freely give my own life to raise it up again. This, this is like, like if I was a disciple and I heard Jesus saying this, this would be one of them verses where I, well, it wasn't a verse then, but you know what I'm saying. I would jump up and be like, that's my dude right there. Check this out. I surrender my own life. No one has the power to take it from me. I have the authority to lay it down and the power to take it back up again. This is your shepherd. So a shepherd who has come to this space and understanding in his life that I know why I came. I came and I'm laying down my life for the sheep that God has given to me. But I'm not worried about the fact that I got to lay it down because I'm going to pick it back up again and bring them back together again. That's the power of the shepherd that we have. But I can only gain access to that protection, to that guardianship, if I will allow myself to be properly led by this kind of shepherd. I got the authority to pick it up. I'm going to pick it back up again. The same one that laid it down. Pick it back up again. This is the destiny that my father has set before me. This is the, this is the very reason why I exist in the first place. That is the, that's the solidarity and the confidence that we can have in our shepherd. This is our shepherd. 
And we know that he wasn't lying with that. He laid it down. But three days later, he picked it back up again. And now lives forevermore. Lives forevermore to continue to be that chief shepherd over our life. Now go to verse 4 of uh, Psalm, Psalm 23. This is, this is the verse where it talks about, uh, yeah, so we, we hit on this already. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel no evil because of your presence. You're present with me. I have a shepherd that is present with me. Your rod and your staff bring a sense of comfort. Now, the rod and the staff, those represent correction and support. And in correction and support, there is a sense of comfort that I am supposed to find. The rod or the staff, I'm thinking, thinking it's more so the rod than the staff. One of them would be used for rogue sheep who would continue to not be willing to be led and would continue to try to lead other sheep astray out of a sense of care and safety for the whole. The shepherd would take a rogue sheep and break its leg. Because it continuously wants to keep running off and keep being disobedient and keep bucking up and being rogue against the direction of the shepherd that's built for the sheep. But since you can't seem to understand that, I'm going to break your leg. And in breaking his leg, the shepherd would pick up the sheep, carry that sheep on his shoulders everywhere that the flock was going until that sheep gained healing back in that broken leg. But when the broken leg got back to a place to where weight could be put back on it, by that time has happened, there's been such a relationship and a forging that has happened between that sheep that's been on his back and the shepherd to where now when it gets down, tries to put that same weight, it now has a different mentality to where there's a greater sense of trust that's been built with the shepherd so he don't try and run off no more. This is your shepherd. And I don't know about you. I can only speak for Jermaine. Jermaine has had moments and times to where I felt like he broke both legs. But I was carried. I was carried. I was never left alone. And by the time I gained a sense of stability back, and gain the confidence to walk again. Because of what I had learned in my being carried. What I had learned in my broken state. I wasn't so quick to buck up against him no more. And explain to him why I need this happening here and this, that, and the third. Because I'm the sheep. I'm the sheep of his pasture. Sheep of his fold. He's the one who has access to all things that supply and that I need. And I, the sheep, am going to try to talk to him, the shepherd, to tell him he's not doing it right. How arrogant is that of me? How full of myself is that? But even in, even in that uh, 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 characteristic that may be alive within me, because all of us got some kind of sheep nature. Within us. There's a reason that he spent so much time comparing us to sheep. God is smart like that. 
There's a reason that he, he spent so much time comparing us to sheep. Because of the similarity of the natures. And me trying to go and be rogue and do my own thing. But he brings that rod and that staff to bring that sense of comfort. And I'm, I'm wrapping up here. Give me, give me verse 5. We're talking about what it is to have the shepherd lead us into that place of fullness. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Uh, Faith, give me the uh, Passion Translation of that same verse, please. Psalm 23, verse 5, Passion Translation. Thank you. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. Now, I had to uh, do, uh, do a little bit of digging uh, with, with this one because I had seen a story before uh, about a, um, in, in, in the context of this verse specifically, of um, a method that shepherds use with sheep in relation to oil. Because what can happen is with, with sheep, flies and gnats and pests will fly around their heads all day and even try and work their way into their ear canal to get to their brain and lay their eggs. So when that is happening, the sheep, to give themselves some sense of relief, will beat their heads against trees and rocks not trying to hurt themselves, but just trying to get some sense of relief from what's happening in, inside, inside of their skull. So to remedy that, a shepherd will take oil and anoint the sheep's head. Will pour over an amount to where it builds a coating and a covering over the sheep's head to keep those flies and those pests from building nest in their brain. Can we come and look at how there is a protective coating of the anointing that we have access to that keeps the pests of stinking thinking and what I can't do and where I can't go, and all of the tragic experiences that may have happened in my yesterday, there is an anointing that God will place on my head. You anoint my head with oil. You cause my cup to overflow. You cause goodness and mercy to follow me all the days of my life. There's a coating that God places on my head that keeps me protected from those kind of pests. That keeps me guarded from those kind of pests. He pours the oil over me. Gives me the fullness of his Holy Spirit. Gives me the sense of being able to drink until my heart overflows. The anointing oil poured on the head is done so to provide relief and protection from the pests that fly around the sheep's head looking for a place to nest. Hello. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Everything that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. We are told that we have to bring those things captive. I don't just do that by willpower. 
I do that because there's an anointing present that gives me the strength to be able to do so. An anointing that has been handed over to me by my shepherd. And in being handed over to me by my shepherd, I know I got something I can trust. I got something I can trust. Because the oil came from my shepherd. So I have, the, I have that protection on me. But th that's not something that is a one-time thing. It's important. It's not something that's a one-time thing. So this is not just a, you got your message today, so you good to next week. Mm-hmm. This is not a, now I don't need to do nothing tomorrow and Tuesday with time and God and with the word. You need your head anointed every day. You need the protective seal of the, of the oil covering over your eye gate, covering over your ear gate. Because remember, our shepherd is leading us by his voice. So other voices, voices of strangers, voices of thoughts that are inconsistent with the profile that heaven has about you are going to spring up and try to put on a disguise to sound like, to, to mimic the texture of the voice of the shepherd. But if I got that anointing on me, if I have that anointing upon my head, of the oil it is going to safeguard and be shepherd like and keep me protected from anything that is said about me or tries to remind me of what God did not say the only thing that the shepherd is going to bring up to me is what he has said about me what he believes about me what he calls me who he calls me to be where he says I can go what he says I can have what he says that I can do the shepherd will remind me of that and any other kind of voice is a stranger and is not to be listened to and not to be followed because his goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life so check that out. The shepherd's leading. I'm listening to his voice. As I'm being led, I'm going in, even into the valley of darkness, even in the, in, in the highs, in the lows, everything. I'm following the shepherd. So I'm shown that I'm going to make my way out. And then goodness and mercy is my trail. Goodness and mercy got my back. Following me all the days of my life. And I get to dwell. In his presence and in his house. Front guard and rear guard, the psalmist said. God's got you. And there's a fullness that you've been called to be walking in. A fullness that you're called to manifest in your life. And bring a sense of complete assurance and satisfaction. And no matter where you find yourself in circumstantially, I'm full. But that's predicated upon me being led. Me being led. 
So let that be our thought this week. Lord, lead me. Lead me. Let me pick up on the frequency of your voice again. To hear what you're saying. Even if what you're saying might not be what I want to hear right now. Might not be the answer I'm looking for. But even if it's not the answer I'm looking for. I have to trust the fact that my shepherd knows. My shepherd knows what I need to hear. My shepherd knows where I need to go. My shepherd knows where I need to be involved in and what I need to be doing. So he's going to give me instruction from his voice that matches what he knows. So I can trust it. I can trust it. Let's put our hands together and celebrate the Lord for the word. We trust you, God. You can go ahead and rest on your feet. I'm about to dismiss you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you lead us. You are our shepherd, God. We have more than enough and have no need to be in want. Because we're guided by a shepherd who has our best interests at heart. Guided by a shepherd who has laid down his life. Therefore exposing the care that he has for us. And the mindfulness that you have of us, Lord. Let us be reminded of that, God. Let us bask and soak in that. Knowing that those green pastures are available to us. Those steel reflective waters are, are, are available to us. So that we can be emptied to be restored. For you restore our soul. Leading us along those paths of righteousness and right standing before you. For your namesake. And even when your path takes us down a road that is deep and dark and painful and it hurts. I'm going through it. Not staying with it. We're going through it. We know that you're with us and we're going to come out on the other side. Anoint our head with the oil, God. To keep the pests, wickedness in heavenly places and thoughts, erroneous concepts that try and exalt themselves against your knowledge in our mind. Let us take those thoughts captive, God. So that we're able to progress forward in the promise that you've given us that goodness and mercy is going to follow us. We'll dwell in your house. You've called us to be a blessed people. So I declare that over this house. I declare that over everyone watching. Thank you for the strength that you've given to us in this time, Lord. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You are dismissed. I love you. We'll see you next week, 6 o'clock here tonight. We're going to have the uh, Super Bowl party happening. You're dismissed. Love you.